Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello there, I'm Tony Gow, and you are listening to We Are West Ham podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, James Jones and Tom Edwards. And I'm pleased to say, since first time since the 7th of March, football is back. West Ham face Wolverhampton Wanderers on Saturday night, 5.30 at the London Stadium. No fans will be there. Whether or not that will do West Ham a favour or not is, is yet to be seen. Still in a relegation battle, but at last, we on the West Ham, on the We Are West Ham podcast and football fans further afield have got some actual, real-life, proper football to talk about. In this episode, we'll speak to West Ham London Stadium DJ Russ Budden and face of the My Hammers 11 YouTube. We've got Sam on from the Wolves 77 Club podcast for the Opposition View. And of course, we'll speak to Tom and James, get their thoughts on football's return and one another final Mystery Players quiz in the very end segment. Tom, nice of you to join us on time this week. How's everyone keeping? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Just about seven minutes late this time. So uh, working there, working my way down. You're getting uh, getting loads better. Jonesy, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Yeah. So, Are you excited? Um. Do you know what? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was going, I don't really miss football. I don't miss football. Um, now I know it's within, what, hours away. Um, mm. See, the Wednesday night fixture. I've now realised how much I miss it. And knowing that every single game is going to be on TV in one way or another, on whatever channel. Um, I'm now very, very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit giddy. Chaps. <laughs> well, it took a while, you. didn't it? Charlie, uh, before we had to bid an emotional farewell to Charlie, he was giving you stick most weeks about the fact you saying that you hadn't missed football. And I yeah. did quietly, of course, I did agree with you. But um, now it's back, you're feeling a little bit more, little bit more up for it. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think it was just, you know, the whole season was just a typical West Ham season. Just gets boring after, what, 25 years of supporting the club or whatever it is, 20, 30 years. And I just know, well, 
Um, it's actually quite nice not to worry about having to be annoyed on a Saturday night after we've lost to Brighton or something ridiculous like that. Um, so I was quite enjoying the 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 quiet and the and the, the, the free time that we had without having to worry. Um, but now I'm looking forward to being to moaning again every every Saturday. <laughs> yeah, so you're still in uh, that school of thought, Tom. Are you? We'll get onto it a bit more later on. But are, are you? Do you feel the same as James, or are you just worried? Because I think what the one thing we do forget it wasn't exactly James has sort of probably done it a little bit of a disservice there saying it wasn't it was we were moaning it wasn't too much of a positive season thousands of fans protesting against the board we are in a relegation battle again even though we're 16th are you you sort of managed to erase all those negative feelings and looking forward to footy or are you a bit worried it's going to be I think before before this week started I was sort of really excited for it and I was thinking yeah it's back we needed this excellent got something to look forward to on the Saturdays but the more I look at the table the more the fixtures, the worry comes. But I still, I think it's just good to have it back, to have something to look forward to. Like Josie said, it feels weird not having something to moan about on the Saturday and Sunday. So it's good to have that back bit of routine again. But no, I just think, I think it, we all need it. I think we all need it. Sport needs it. The world needs it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Overriding yeah, yeah. thought is looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, we've seen it, uh, seen it being rolled out fairly well in Germany. Obviously, they do have a, a track record of doing things, generally doing things better than us, as they did with battling the, the virus as well. But we've seen it rolled out there. West Ham had a couple of warm-up games and a couple of very sort of, you know, pre-season friendly feels. We've had this chat on this show in last summer saying pre-season doesn't matter. We beat QPR 4-1, goals from Sebastian Allaire, Mikel Antonio, Fornells and Ayeti, I think. There were some mixed uh, reports on those in the end, but I think those are the scorers. And then we beat Crystal Palace 2-1 the other day. And even in uh, pre-project restart return friendly, West Ham can't avoid controversy there. And Jeremy Ngakia, the man who seems set to walk away from the club in a huff because they won't pay him £20,000 a week, scores one of the goals from right back as we beat Palace 2-1. Could that be any more West Ham? It's typical West Ham, isn't it? Just see it on a two... As soon as we saw everyone was saying, oh, and Gakia scored, I mean, you just knew, like, it was just, yeah, okay, that, that's obvious. We, we should have known that was going to happen. Like, I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. you didn't score I'm surprised you only got one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's just typical us. And, um, but that said, I think that the, the big positives, apart from, you know, the fact that we've won those two games, I don't know, I would have thought QPR and Palace would have put out relatively strong sides, given that, you know, they've still got seasons to play. Um, well, Hugh Gill played for QPR, so. Maybe not then. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I think that one one of the big positives in Gakia scoring in typical fashion aside, I think uh, uh, Sebastian Haller scoring in both games, mm. I think, was a, is a really big positive. Um, do, you know, has Moyes found a way of using him? Um, you know, we've been banging on for for weeks and months about not using him in uh, in the correct system, not playing to his strengths. Perhaps Moyes may have have hit the sweet spot with that and maybe got him scoring again um and it's nice to see a yeti get off the off the uh off the mark if he has he might just before he leaves his, just yeah. we'll, we'll count that towards his west Ham title even if it is a friendly just because he has scored one goal for us he needs it the uh the only worrying thing though james is i think the bit that you haven't heard about yet is all those haller goals they're all in gakia assists so he's <laughs> he's gone to his agent now asking for 70 grand a week because not only is he excellent at the back he's also a demon going forward well Tom, one thing, obviously, I don't want to dwell on them too much because we've got actual Premier League football to talk about soon, which we will get on to. But one picture, a few images that did the rounds on Twitter was Declan Rice, who was pictured with the captain's armband on against Crystal Palace. Mm. 
Again, friendly warm-up game, whether or not it matters. But as there's nothing been going on, fans are quick to to jump on board with that and try and see some significance in it. I don't think mm. Noble played, so it was obviously he was a it was very much a vice captain role. But do you, do you sort of see that as a big deal, or is it just uh, whatever? I don't care. I mean, I know he's a young lad, but I think it would be the natural choice if Noble wasn't on the pitch. I feel like there's no one else who is elite. He's the most biggest leader in that team in terms of when we're playing. He's the one who carries the ball forward. He makes the challenges. He's probably the most vocal and he has the biggest impact on our side so I think it makes sense and it's good to see that maybe it's another way of keeping him there for a few years when Noble does hang him up and we give him the armband or whatever but to look I also think the balance without Noble would make sense in that midfield if you had Fornells, Susek and Rice so I think it's it'll be interesting to see because I'd, I'd be surprised if Noble actually would start the rest of these games because of the, the balance we can now have with Susek in there next to Rice instead of Noble. I did have a, uh, I had an exchange on Twitter in the week, actually. Jonesy and I write for the Blowing Bubbles magazine. And in my column this month, I, I used that to, to extol the virtues of, of Declan Rice getting a new contract and how the club should be acting. You know, similar sort of mm. content we've discussed on, on the show the past few weeks. And a guy replied on Twitter and, and he just said, yeah, all of that's true and make him captain. And I went back and we had a little little debate around it and I said you know is, is that is that just a pie in the sky because that was it he said he could be the next Moore and Bonds and I went blimey you know high praise indeed um I do fear that the days of, of those long servers are are behind us now and I, I just wondered whether whether he was too young for it or does he need a more experienced head on his shoulders or do you look at the likes of Jack Grealish uh, Aston Villa where, yeah, he's one of the younger players, but he leads by example on the pitch, not necessarily off it, as we've seen during lockdown. But is that the sort of captain Declan might be? I can I can see him being a, a very, very good captain. I think he's got that, that maturity about him. I think being a regular in the first team for the last, what, two years, two and a bit years, I think he's, he's shown that maturity. He's grown as a player. You know, he had those comparisons with like, the likes of Moore and, and Bonds, um, at the beginning of his, his career when um, David Moyes famously pulled him out of the team after that mistake at, um, at Arsenal and like publicly grilled him uh, and you know everyone was going oh should Moyes done it shouldn't he done it and I think that those sort of situations and those sort of incidents has kind of helped him mature a little bit as a player um, and you see him well, when you watch him closely on the pitch you know, he, you know he's like a captain even if he hasn't got the armband on you know he's geeing the players up he's, he's driving forward with the ball um, he, you know, he's a great influence here, both on and off the pitch. So it does seem like, as Tom said, it does seem like the natural choice. Um, you know, some people might point to the likes of Ogbonna or even Fabianski, but um, I think Declan Rice is a natural choice. And I forget all of that, you know, it could be the next Bobby Moore or, or Billy Bonds or, mm. um, or you know, it's, it's a way of trying to keep him at the club. Like, as you said, Will, those sort of players, I think, are, are you know, a history in terms of, you know, players staying for you know, for 15, 20 years at one club, I don't think we're going to see that again. Um, it'd be great if Rice did stay, but I think regardless of all of that, I think it's just a natural choice for a captain. Um, so yeah, I think um, if it is if it is the case, then you know, brilliant. I think he's earned it as well. Absolutely. Well, I think one step at a time on on that front, certainly. But yeah, I do think we'll, we'll see a bit less of Noble, but. Talking of that, that is what I want to get onto. We've got an actual Premier League game coming up Saturday night. I've just, I don't know, I'm hoping you two will be pretty impressed by this. How's this for recce work before the podcast? This is such is the quality of the content 
that we put out here on We Are West Ham is that this morning, after I'd done all the running order and put the quiz together for you two later on, I jumped on my bike because I only live a stone's throw from the stadium and I did a little recce to see what the London Stadium looks like in preparation for the Wolves game. Now, James, you already look impressed with that. But when you get there, all it is is just another silver and grey load of barriers that they put up by the cow uh, in Westfield that means you can't get through to go to the pub. There's just loads and loads of them on all the bridges. It's not actually that exciting. I was quite impressed with myself before and I've got back and all that's happened is I've got sweaty <laughs> on my bike before the podcast. The, the only disappointment I've got with that is you didn't go on your rollerblades instead, mate. <laughs> 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 but I'd, have still, I'd have still been out there, mate. I left at 11 o'clock this morning. <laughs> but look, let's, let's move on to the actual football. The, uh, the exterior of the stadium, not quite as exciting as, uh, as I perhaps hoped. But Tom, we'll talk about what's going on inside the ground at London Stadium on Saturday night. I think the main thing, and we have to get back in the swing of talking about actual football matches again here on the podcast, mm. but what, the start at 11 is one thing that's probably going to have most people thinking. Do you, is it one of those where you think it just picks yourself? Or well, tell me, what, who, who would you be lining up with? I think, um, I think the last two games would have been pretty... They would have been quite revealing for Moyes, probably. And I think he would have taken a lot from them because, like we've mentioned leading up to this week, that players would have come back in different fitnesses. People probably react differently to having a crowd there or not. And they would have shown that as much in the first two games we played it in this sort of like mini restart friendlies. And I think he would have probably taken quite a lot from that. We've obviously got the issue at right back, and I think that's that's the main main one for me is who do we start there? It's sort of a toss up between Johnson, uh, Zabaleta can't for me. It's probably for me between Fredericks and Johnson with Ngakia is look going to leave on the thirtieth of June. So to be honest with you, I think that's the main one for me. I think the rest of the team. I think by the Arsenal game before this all happened, we sort of had an idea of what our starting eleven was, and I think I'd go for the bulk of that really. With a, just right back would be the only question mark I have. Well, J- Jonesy, on that, I'm, I'm assuming, Tom, that j- just to reel them off quickly, you'd have Fabianski, mm. then uh, Cresswell, Diop, yep. Ogbonna, and then mm-hmm. the right back of whatever, Suchek and Rice holding. Would you mm. have, are you having Fornells over? I'm Manzini. having Fornells in, yeah. Yeah, I'm Anderson. And then Bowen. Haller and Bowen, Bowen. Antonio Haller. Antonio, you're having. Tough for Anderson. Tough for Anderson. Oh, I'm with you. Jonesy, what, just before we move on and uh, speak to Russ Budden, what, what are you saying on your 11? Are you sort of there thereabouts for me and Tom? Or Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I would be surprised if um, if Anderson isn't in the starting 11. But, I, you know, I wouldn't be that that annoyed if Antonio does start ahead of him. I think I think it's difficult. This, this is probably the most difficult one to call because we don't mm. know what state the players are in. Um, Judging by those two friendly games, you know they seem to be in good shape, um, and whatever system Moyes has gone with seems to seems to have worked. Seems to be working at the moment. Um, and then you've got to factor in um, the fact that you know there's five subs rather than seven. Is that going to change the way Moyes thinks about the game uh, for the ninety minutes? Um, so it's a difficult one to call in terms of starting eleven. I don't think it'd be far off what you guys have said. Um, if anything, this is the most interesting game of all because mm. of. What what precedes it, and and you know how a player is going to react with the uh, you know no, no fans in the stadium is that going to affect Moise's thinking and stuff like that? So I don't know. Uh, I think it won't be far off, but the right back situation uh, does worry me, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ngakia started to be honest. But why? Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think start him. I think a 
if you take away all the, the hassle and the fuss that's gone on, he's the best right back at the club anyway, probably, from what we've seen. You know, Johnson may or may not be there or thereabouts, but he hasn't had as much Prem minutes as Ngakia has. And people go, oh, yeah, but his head might be elsewhere. Well, no, he's still playing for a contract. He might have decided that he's walking away from West Ham. He's still playing for another club. If he comes on and plays the last how many games he's got left up until the end of June, maybe three or four, and plays out of his skin then he puts himself in a stronger position either with West Ham or with another club. So all we need at the moment is 11 players on the pitch putting in 10 out of 10 performances to keep us up. I don't think we, we can really afford to be taking the moral high ground with Ngakia. So I'll start him. And then assuming you have four nails and Bowen as that one of those attacking three, I'm with Tom, I have, have Antonio over mm. uh, Anderson probably. But I have seen a couple of nice sultry photos of Anderson on the West Ham Instagram during lockdown and since they returned to training so I reckon he'll be a shoe in but look we'll, we'll <laughs> cover that more we'll cover the starting 11 we'll cover what we think score predictions and predictions for the league but first we'll talk to stadium DJ and face of the West Ham my hammers 11 on YouTube Russ Budden next <laughs> You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And I'm delighted to say that we've been joined by none other than London Stadium DJ and the new face of the My Hammers 11 on YouTube, Russ Budden. Russ, thanks for joining us. How are no you? No worries. Yeah, very well, Will. How are you, man? How's everyone? Yeah, doing, uh, doing all right. Thanks. I think uh, I speak for the lads as well. We we're just talking about our general excitement about some actual Premier League football games that matter that we've got uh, got to talk about. I just did a little recce around the London Stadium on my bike, so I live nearby, expecting to see some, you know, big military-style defences. And unfortunately, it's just another load of the grey gates that we see dotted around Westfield, <laughs> keeping fans out. It's not too exciting. Russ, first of all, for the, for those of our listeners who, who don't know what you what, what you do already, like you say, you're the DJ at the London Stadium. Yeah. Um, you started the My Hammers 11 YouTube recently as well. You've had some outstanding guests on already. Most One of the most recent ones is a friend of our show, Tony Carr, as well. Oh, and yeah. some interaction on Twitter from Rio Ferdinand and Anton Ferdinand. So it's all going pretty well. Tell us a little bit about, about sort of what you do in your West Ham links. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, I've been I've been the stadium of DJs, put a better terms, since... Uh, 2002 um so when we sort of moved to the what was the rio stand um i've been doing it ever since and so um so yeah so basically you know it's that's what i do so i'm the guy who presses the bubbles basically and uh, in the music and i've done it for we try to figure it out when we move from the up from upton park and i must have played it about a thousand times at least and so uh at least so it's uh you get quite used to the song but uh you know yeah so that's what i've been doing um and that's all my sort of my, my love, my passion. Um, I seems to get hold of for many years before then. Um, and yeah, the whole My Hammers thing, My Hammers 11, has literally just not come out of nowhere, but I just, uh, probably about four weeks ago, I was a bit bored and I thought, and I was, you know, when you just sort of spend Saturday, you've, you've watched Netflix, you've watched Tiger King, there's nothing else to do. And so uh, I was going through Wikipedia and stuff and like you do, flicking through. And I saw something about West Ham, uh, about uh, 2003, uh, West Ham did a, a survey. They interviewed 500 fans about who uh, who was their dream eleven, and um, and I thought, God, okay. Looking through it, I haven't. I saw maybe two or three of the players like live when I was around, um, and I thought, you know what? It's been 20 years. There's been a hell of a lot of players who've left, come back, left again, come back, become managers of the club and coaches and things like that. And I thought it'd be good to try and do that again. Um, I'm 
when I'm not doing West Ham, I'm a market research, uh, I work, work for market research companies. So things like surveys and stuff I've always been interested in. Um, and I thought, yeah, fucker it, let's have a go. And so I started, I started the, the channel and it just went massively. I mean, big, big props uh, to Baz. Baz Cox was the first guy on. Um, and ever since then, it's been brilliant. And it just shows, you know, everyone talks about the West Ham family, the West Ham community. And the whole channel is an epitomation of that that's a word um in that you know i'll interview someone and they go, oh you need to talk to this bloke and this bloke and this bloke and this bloke and the idea is it's you know we've had god i think we've had about in three or four weeks we've had like 65 70 guests something like that already um and so it's gone a bit mental you know and had like and it's weird because it's like although i've been in the club working for the club for 20 years i never really interact with the players much um particularly in london stadium because we're up at the top in the white box at the top of the stadium so you know, having, as you said, I mean, speaking to like Tony Carr and, and, and Tony Gale, I mean, I got starstruck talking to Pete Butler because he was like, Peter Butler was the first player I ever met um, at Junior Hammer's birthday party at the old ground. And so it's just incredible. It's like, it really is, you know, and it's like, I mean, today I've, I posted, um, I've got, I, on a Tuesday, I tend to do two ex-players um, and I've posted Frank McAvenny and I'm about to post someone else very close to Frank McAvenny um in about a couple of hours time so you know and it's, it's just mental um and, and it's great and everyone's and it's really nice and it's community I'm getting a real appreciation of of West Ham fans outside of outside of the UK as well so the, the American guys they're nutters they're fanatics um Germans and the Scandinavian hammers are fantastic you know and I moan about having to get you know a rail replacement bus from Gideo Park or having to drive to Newby Park Station. Um, these guys are getting up at five o'clock in the morning and flying in from Oslo and we, you know, we usually don't win. And so they're still doing it. And so uh, it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, obviously getting a load of you guys on as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've made some fantastic friends now, really, who I never really spoke to, spoken to, I wouldn't have spoken to at all. Um, I've been invited to, uh, to a Zoom watch along on Saturday um with a bunch of the a bunch of boys but obviously i'll be there i'll be at the stadium um but i might still dial in and give my thoughts over zoom to them all um i'll probably be the only youtuber who's got inside access to the stadium as well so yeah. uh, might try and do a few vids as well inside but um it's just been brilliant it's been absolutely mental and obviously chatting to you guys and i did the stop hammer time podcast and various others and i can't thank everyone enough you know everyone's been so generous with their time uh, and also their contacts. So, you know, obviously talking to a lot of the West Ham Twitterati and getting them on board mm. means that uh, lots of names and numbers have been sent my way. And I, I appreciate that. I won't say who's because I don't want people pestering them, but uh, it's been uh, appreciative of, of all the effort everyone's, uh, everyone's given me. So I really Russ. humbled. Russ, well, I absolutely loved. I watched the Tony Carr one last night. It was, it was brilliant. Really, really interesting stories you got out of him. It, it, and hearing people's reasons why they pick people is is what is brilliant about it and his Anton Fernand selection sort of really it sort of surprised me not that Anton was a great footballer or whatever but just that, the fact that all the players he brought through that he picked Anton Fernand have you what has been sort of the team selection which has sort of thrown you off the most or surprised you or oh, you sort of not yeah. understood coming yeah no I mean obviously the whole because I put a caveat on it they have to be alive to a scene on play it means you do get quite a lot of differences because obviously all of us if you put your, your West Ham Dream 11 would have been Bobby Moore would have been Jeff, P, yeah, Jeff Peters mm. Martin Peters Jeff Hurst. Um but I, we never any of us looking at all of you on your Zooms none of us are old enough to see them play uh, unless you've had some really good plastic surgery um, <laughs> and, and so and so so, yeah, I mean, 
some of them, I mean, I, I love guys like um, there's Charlie Walsh from Hammer's Chat. He did a fantastic one. Um, it's the reasonings that I love the most. Um, yeah, he had like Razvan Rats in his team <laughs> because of the Christmas uh, catalogue onesie photo with Adrian. Um, and it, and it's, it's just, as you said, it's the stories. It's not necessarily that the football is secondary to all of this. It's the stories and the memories. You know, I ask people why they get into West Ham. Some of them, particularly sort of the, the, the more experienced fans, I don't say older fans, the more experienced fans, you know, they're working on the stalls and the stall next to them was Frank Lampard's stall or Harry Redknapp's stall. Or, and there's players I didn't even know about, you know, and I felt a bit, a bit sort of um, unappreciative of and particularly now if it's going on people like John Childs you know the first first black player at West Ham and, and Clive Best and people like that who I never knew about their story as much and so I've actually gone back and learned a lot more about it so it's really broadened my horizons but yeah there's a few funny ones there's a few funny ones I like it when the people have a theme so we've had like themes like um, Phil Whelan's for Stop Hammer Time had a theme about um it was West Ham 11 and EU 11. And obviously the UK is not in EU. Um, so it couldn't include any, any English players or Scottish players. And <laughs> so it had uh, Vladimir Labant and people like that. And brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Russ, I love your, um, I love what you're saying about, you know, you do it because of the community and, you know, you love to hear the stories. I mean, that's part of the reason why, why we do this podcast is not just because, you know, we like talking about West Ham, but we like connecting with people like yourself and, you know, other fans, um, other content creators and stuff like that. Uh, and I know you're quite early on in, in this journey of doing more Hammers 11 and, and the YouTube side of things and that. But I'm interested to sort of think uh, here whether you've got any plans to sort of take this beyond a more Hammers 11. Um, I don't know how you would do that. But having spoken to so many fans already, I mean, you said like 60 odd, 60 odd people already in the space of like three or four weeks. How do you then expand that um, to, to, I don't know, it's, it's difficult to, to rethink on the spot. But it I is, mean, it is. I mean, I mean, kind of then becoming quite, I mean, it's, it's a fa- fantastic content. Love it. But yeah. without it being, being repetitive. quite repetitive, yeah. um, then, you know, there, there must be plans to then sort of like think, right, right, what's the next content strand? And then build it even bigger. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm, I mean, as I said, at the moment, I've got this idea in my head and, you know, I've spoken to people about it, but I, I want to hit 500 interviews. Now, obviously, I'm what I'm trying to do is, is get a nice balance between, well, not the celebrities, but, you know, sort of the, the players and the fans, because it's, it is about the community. It is about the West Ham fans. And, it's, and there's stories in there which, you know, as I said, there's, there's groups. You see these groups of people, and it's really nice to hear these groups. Um, and, I, you know, to be honest, some of them send me 10, 15 other people. So I'm pretty sure eventually I'll get 500. I know what you mean about being repetitive and, and stuff. I think putting the caveat of um, I try and get a spread so I don't have the same type of fans and all the time so yeah. yeah you might get a couple from the 60s and but i mean then i'll interchange that with some players i want to get a lot more celebrities on there as well you know and i think uh that'll be fun i mean we had chesney hawks which was it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just really an, oh dear because he was like i was like again like random like i saw him walking out of upton park once and ever since then i sort of thought, oh my god chesney hawks so we had and that, that's that's an area i want to get more into um because i think uh, you know, a lot of these fans, are, you know, obviously you don't, you might not know some of these, know some of these fans themselves, and so you know, you won't necessarily watch the content. I'm not, don't tell me what, I'm not in for it for to make money out of it. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> although she's already bought the yacht, but um, yeah, no, it's it, it's more about that. I mean, you know, to be honest, the club have been really great about it. Um, I mean, you know, I, I'm obviously technically I, I work for the club, um, so I've always been very, I've always, you know, I made sure that we don't sort of 
it's all positive stories and, and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I let I let fans vent a little bit about the current team, or um, but it's about memories and stuff. I mean, you know, they've been good enough. Um, you know, I, we could be doing some stuff with them going forward. Um, maybe next season uh, potentially. Um, as we've had a, a chat because you know they see it's it's a nice it's a nice idea. Um, maybe they would have got it first but but it doesn't matter you know it's, it's, it's and so you know i'm I, I haven't really got any plans i mean you saw i'm doing this all during my during when i'm working you know i have a full-time job and stuff but um yeah no it's just and hopefully you know we we'll do some more stuff i might do some more obviously when we can record live outside and interviews i mean i've got loads of players lined up who didn't want to do zoom meetings um because they don't like looking at a blank screen or looking down and then maybe looking up um and some, some of the older players so i'd like to interview them um and then obviously the, the more modern modern players you know the earlier sort of my era so it it's just going to evolve and it's just be, you know it's come a thing and it's got bigger and bigger and as you said anton and, and rio like you know love to get them on. i think everyone's got to get rio on, on their on their podcast or their, their video but um who knows who knows you know i'm, I'm not sort of planning anything ahead um, I know people have made of of sort of come to me with, with ideas and and we'll see you know it's 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 open brief um it's it's just enjoying it at the moment enjoying categorizing those stories and memories good stuff good stuff for us one one thing talking about looking forward to planning ahead we've got some actual football coming back yep. on saturday how are you how are you feeling about obviously you're you're there every single home game i don't know if you get to away games as well it's going to be different you're going to be one of few privileged few uh inside yeah. the ground on the weekend and how what what are you feeling about saturday particularly and then the season as a whole i'm i'm extremely confident i'm probably one of the minority but i honestly it's like you have to you say know, that no no, no, honestly, no <laughs> yeah. I, I really am you know and it's like when you talk to um a lot of the you know i was I've interviewed like obviously kevin Keynes and, and tony garden people like that you know coaches you talk to them and they have sort of a similar sort of view to me which is great which means obviously i'm not always talking rubbish um but i mean yeah i'm really looking forward to it i mean it's going to be different um you know i've 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 done a lot of the other 23 games there and there's only like 200 people so i'm used to not, not having any fans there um but it's gonna be weird um but i think it's gonna be good for us and i think it's gonna be weird i don't i wouldn't you know, I'm not a gambling man at all and I wouldn't put any bets on any football because I think for the next three or four weeks it's going to be everything's going to be up in the air. You know, people are going to go to City and um, and Liverpool and, and, and Chelsea and, and feel like they're going to get something because there's no crowd. Um, and yeah, we've had, a, you know, by all accounts, bar maybe a couple of knocks, a fully fit squad. And I can't remember the last time that's happened for a long, so long time. So what... what... We'll put you on the spot then. What's the, give us a score prediction for Saturday. Oh, we're probably then... get, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win two 0 on Saturday. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, sure. that. You've heard it here first. And we yeah. saying we're sixteenth at the moment. We're sort of still very much in that relegation battle. Mm. Where are you? Uh, where can you see us finishing at the end of the year? Well, I, I think we're going to do all right. I, I, I think it's as I said, there's going to be some middle mid-table teams going to be dragged into this because um, and the way all the games are being sort of scheduled, it's almost like we can see what everyone else has done. So, like, obviously, you've got Villa, Sheffield United. We can then see if we'll be obviously if they win, we'll be at the bottom in the bottom. I think we end up finishing sort of comfortably. I reckon thirteenth, fourteenth. I reckon. Um, I think it's going to be. So I think it's all about camaraderie and, and team spirit. And clearly, by all accounts, there's you know Moisey's got a good a good uh, good bunch there. It seems, and it's a good you know with him and Kevin and and Nobs. They seem to be a good team team around team spirit, and that's what we need now. It's unprecedented times, and I think um, I think Moyes is going to be being brilliant the whole thing, absolutely brilliant the whole thing. 
Well, listen, Russ, you've got uh, Quizmaster Reese Bayliss, who's been, we, we do the Rogue Mystery Players quiz at the end of every episode, and it uh, yeah. became quite the mammoth, the mammoth um, duel between me and James for most of the season. Jonesy pipped me on what would have been the last day of the Premier League season a couple of weeks ago. We keep it going now just because, like you say, it's just another way of the, let the fans know about old rogue players that people have completely forgotten about the uh, we've got one coming up at the end of the episode tonight so fans will stay tuned for that but Quizmaster Reese is on tonight I'm booked in for the 24th of June to run through my hammers level yeah. with you as well so for the fans who are listening who, who want to go and check out your content if they haven't already where can they find you it's uh, I mean my, my, my Twitter handle is DJ Rossi B um, but you can YouTube is, is youtube.com slash my hammers 11 um, and yes yeah, so, yeah it's Check it out, guys, and obviously share, you know, like and uh, appreciate and humbled by it, by all the all the support and love we've had for the channel. So it's uh, it's good fun. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, that was uh, Russ Budden. Thanks very much for joining us. Some positive thoughts on how the season's going to look, and uh, yeah, a, a contact book that's becoming the envy of most West Ham fans. Russ, thanks very much, and stay yeah, with us for the opposition view from Sam from Wolf Seventy Seven Podcast next. <laughs> You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And we were lucky to be joined by London Stadium DJ Russ Budden just now with some surprising optimism about West Ham's chances for the rest of the season. And now we're lucky, as promised, to be joined by Sam from the Wolves 77 podcast. And Sam is in the enviable position of supporting a team who are actually good at football and following <laughs> through on the, the pre-season ambition that their, uh, their fans were full of. Sam, what does that feel like? Fantastic, yeah. I mean, look, we're not used to it. So we're, we're getting more used to it as time goes on. And, uh, you know, like COVID obviously wasn't a good time for it to come along, but especially in the, in the realms of football and for Wolves, it was a, an especially bad one. Um, we were enjoying our football, playing some decent stuff. Although we were a bit gutted that the last game, that we played was a, a dour nil-nil against Brighton at Molyneux. So um, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of a, a difference when we play West Ham, but we were looking forward to it. So it's a shame it was taken away from us. Sam, you, you mentioned there that the, the break in football came at a bit of a wrong time for, for Wolves and, you know, a, and other clubs sort of in and around where you are in the Premier League table. Does that sort of feel you a little bit of worry going into this, uh, you know, they're cramming all these fixtures in um, to the space of, what, eight weeks or whatever it is? Um, and with you know a chance of potentially finishing in, uh, in at least the top six, potentially even the top four, you know depending on on the form of other clubs in and around you, Did, are you worried about how it might go? Given there's going to be no fans so long since they last played, um, is it a worry? I think we we did start this season quite slowly, but we'd already played quite a few games already, and I think when coronavirus hit, we'd played something like close to fifty games. Um, this season, obviously starting back in July with the Europa League against Crusaders, I think it was the 21st of July. So it, it had been a long season up until that point uh, in March. And I think that side was a slow burner, to be honest. And I think when we look at players like Traore, who had started the season slowly and, and actually started in that right wing back position rather than that one that everybody um, sees him in tearing up that left back at the, at the well, let's say at the moment, but when we were last playing. So it would be nice to hit the ground running. I think the five substitutes thing will will possibly help, although Nuno works with a 19-man squad, regardless of who's in it. So I'm not really sure who those five substitutes would be, to be honest, because he only ever rotates at similar players and, and, and works with that small group. So if we can hit the ground running and people 
players like Traore and, and, and players that have always been um, sort of true to the form in Jimenez, also a bit of a break for Jota. Uh, that front three can be absolutely lethal in the Premier League. And, and I think if they're on their game, then we shouldn't have any problems, to be honest. Um, all the players seem to be fit. Um, there was a little bit of angst for Traore in his shoulder. A lot of, a lot of players were targeting uh, his shoulder um, sort of the back end in March. So there were times when the club was saying that they wanted to ha- him to have an operation. He was going to need to be off for eight weeks. And I think if they knew how long the lockdown was going to go, they probably would have put him in for that operation, but they haven't done this yet. Um, but Wolves did release a video of him in training yesterday and he looked absolutely brilliant. And it just instantly put on a smile on everybody's face to see him doing what he does to to defenders in the Premier League, to his own defence. Um, but do you know what? We're just looking forward to there being some form of football back. Obviously, we'll be three minutes into the game against West Ham and a VAR decision will go back away and we'll be calling for lockdown again. But uh, we'll see what happens. Sam, you mentioned the, the amount of games you have played. You've played, what is it, 50 games, you said. you obviously got the potential of Europa League coming back. Is there a worry that you, you seems like you've never had injuries under Nuno, or even in the Championship, that you've rarely had an injury which has been longer than a couple months or a month here and there? Do you think there's ever a chance that if one of your main players or Jimenez, say, gets injured, that there could be a bit of a dip in form for you guys? I think if you take... a one of your best players out of any side, you're going to see a dip in form. But what we have been lucky with is, as you quite rightly say, is injuries that are lack of them. And a lot of um, time and effort and money has been put into the medical side at Wolves. So the medical team there is second to none. And every bit of analytics that you can do is done. And I think it's because Nuno likes to work with those smaller squads. You can't afford to have injuries. The one injury that we did have where... Uh, we had a player out for an extended period of time with Willie Bolly when he broke his ankle and, and he was back after about five or six weeks, I think, um, or maybe less than that from from memory. But you're right, we don't get injuries. And I think there's a reason in the way that they train uh, and the way that they set up for games is that we just don't have them. And we, we were lucky in that championship mm-hmm. season. We didn't have a single injury either. And it just makes such a difference when your key players are fit and raring to go. And I think it's also because he just doesn't rush players back either. So just just because we do work with a smaller squad is that players do, A, have to win their place back. They don't just go back in on merit. We saw it with Traore with his shoulder is that he was dropped for a few games when he wasn't quite right. Jimenez as well was the same when he was playing Europa League games week in, week out. Um, So, you know, it's about man management. It's about managing your players properly. All these things that are... You know, we, we want our clubs to do picking players on form and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think you make your own luck with injuries and it, it seems to be paying off because it's been sort of two and a half years of, of not having to really put up one apart from Willie Bolly, which I believe he trod on a ball. I think, Sam, you, you say it all quite as if it's quite simple and straightforward there. And as fans... It's we very all simple, do it. Will. It's very simple. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we all do it a lot all the time. But you, Wolves, really have genuinely this season, especially with the Europa League, they've cracked an enigmatic problem that football teams have had, especially with the Thursday-Sunday Europa League football, for, for seasons upon seasons now. And like you say, you know, it's how you make your own luck and, and it's, it's how we prepare. But whatever Nuno's doing, uh, other than his completely remiss attitude towards any media duties, whatever he's doing behind closed doors when he's not being asked questions about what he's doing or how he, he, you know, this alchemic blend that he's got going on, it's not just something that's that's easy for everyone. It might be easy for everyone to see, but it's not just an easy thing that he's managed to achieve this season because Wolves 
are the envy of lots of teams. And I've, I've, I've watched you loads this season, certainly covered a few of your Europa League games as well. I think it was the Espanyol game at Molyneux. Mm-hmm. It was just devastating stuff. And I was sitting there just so jealous, just thinking Wolves are, you know, as big of a club as, as West Ham are. Same sort of fans, obviously probably less now. Well, obviously less now we're in the London Stadium. But when we're up to Park before, similar sort of club, passionate fan base, a great, like, great stadium to go and watch, always a good atmosphere. All those boxes ticked. But what you're doing now is generally the envy of a lot of football teams. Yeah, and I think it, it comes with the pedigree of the players that we have at the club and they were brought in in quality and quantity at the same time as as Nuno as well. And they all bought into the um, philosophy straight away and it all just sort of clicked together. And, you know, a a lot of other teams will highlight the links to George Mendes. And I think it's mostly through jealousy because it is in any walk of life, who you know, rather than what you know. And when you can bring in the caliber of Ruben Neves, or Diogo Jota or Willy Bolly to a championship club and get them playing week in, week out. Because it's difficult enough. We saw it before when we had players that weren't as good, sort of like your Kevin Doyle's, Roger Johnson's back when we got relegated under Terry Connor back in 2012, is that getting egos to play in the championship is very, very difficult. And you, you do have to sell the dream to them. And I think if everyone buys into that, of which they did, one promotion, uh, get into the Europa League and then all of a sudden you, you're sort of on that upward trend and there's no curve to flatten thankfully yeah in this situation so long may it continue and I think as long as people keep buying into that philosophy and coming in and playing for the manager which is what they're doing at the moment I, I don't see you know it's a, where, where this will end and you know I think I think top four is is definitely on for us this season I know we at the beginning of the season we were joking about having Chelsea at Stamford Bridge last game of this season and going that could potentially be a fight for the top four and I think a lot of fans me included see it as exactly that but everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet everyone's loving the football not that there aren't times where those Sunday Thursday fixtures I mean the amount of Sunday games that we've had that have just been awful to watch is as never been more true but we have we, nine times out of ten we haven't actually lost those games they've just been sort mm. of like down draws and it sort of papered over the cracks a little bit because it would be nice to have more Saturday three o'clock kickoffs, but that just didn't really happen anymore but you know it had, it had been a bit leggy sometimes Sam you'll have to sorry you'll have to forgive us all if we all dozed off then I think we're all chill had chills down our spines from the mention of Roger Johnson <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. like the worst defender I think I've ever seen but came with the biggest hope. I was over the moon when we signed him from Birmingham City because I thought he was a good defender, but it turns out it was Scott Dan. And we did exactly the same before when we bought Leon Clark from Coventry. We thought we've got the main striker from Coventry here, but it was actually Callum Wilson uh, who was banging in the goals and doing all the work, which uh, Bournemouth made use of. So, uh, yeah, we're not the first. It won't be the first, it's definitely not the last. So, I'm looking ahead to this weekend. Um, there's a lot of question marks for, for everyone surrounding um, what, what could happen. Uh, Wolves have, have no, um, ever since you guys come out, have made easy work of West Ham. I don't think we actually scored a goal against you since you were promoted, um, which uh, from our point of view is terrible. Um, it seems to be always promoted clubs end up being our bogey team, Brighton or another one. I think we've beaten them since they come up. Or existing um, Premier League clubs, James. True, true. true. <laughs> but every now, and then, every now and then we might score against one of them. But <laughs> for some reason, Wolves, we just still can't score. Um, but I mean, I don't know about you, Will, but for me, I see this as, as the perfect opportunity to 
to maybe end that run of no goals against Wolves. I'm I just wondering, Sam, whether what you think of or how you think the game's going to go, uh, particularly in a st- stadium and no fans. Um, and, you know, we've seen over in Germany, home advantage no longer exists. I think that's a, matter, a really high percentage of away wins. Um, so do you see it, you know, that transferring over to the Premier League or do you think West Ham have actually got a chance without their negative fans in the London Stadium? It's funny you say that because the one thing that we've done all season is concede first. So there have been very, very few games and I think you can probably count on one hand how many times that that's happened where, we, where we've gone ahead in games. But we always seem to give teams a 1-0 head start and then have to come back. Um, but obviously Sam, West Ham might be the exception to Bruce Rule. <laughs> no, no, no. But Sam, before you, sorry, before you go on on that, West Ham, and I'm, but I don't think it changed before lockdown. But certainly leading up to the last game or two, West Ham had had thrown away the most points out of anyone in the league from winning positions. So our thing is to go ahead uh, very regularly and then go on to lose. We have honestly done it so many times this season. We were top of the league from points thrown away from winning positions so the stat you've just said as well just screams uh, West Ham one new up after 15 minutes with Haller and then everyone head in hands by 75 minutes when Traoros bang two. That is exactly that's exactly the way I see it going to be honest because yeah and, and there's nothing more frustrating at the time but obviously it's the result that matters but it's something that you definitely want to fix because you know if you're giving teams a one goal head start it's you know, you're on the back foot constantly. It does suit our style a little bit because we're a hugely counter-attacking team. Um, but it would be nice to sort of have easy wins, easy draws. But, you know, it, it makes it more exciting, I suppose. But um, I think I think the game at the, the weekend is, is just going to be a very, very strange one. It might have a little bit of a pre-season feel about it. Um, I don't know how the players actually feel about playing um, because no one's really asked them. They've just tested them. Um, and I, I just think it's just going to be a very, very strange with with no atmosphere. Because it, was it Fulham that were testing out crowd noises at Craven Cottage this week? Uh, I, I think they decided against that in the end because even with fans at Craven Cottage, they don't have any fan noise. So no, I think... no exactly. It's like Birmingham. <laughs> they've been socially distanced from there for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, looking ahead, obviously, I think it might just be more hope rather than any sort of logical judgment that perhaps, certainly as far as West Ham go, I think playing in front of no fans, especially at home, might actually do them a favour because, like James mentioned there, there's less of that intense pressure and any mistakes after 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes are getting hounded on. I think without that, I think we might actually improve on that front. However, I do think no fans, it becomes more of a pure football sort of thing. So you haven't got strikers hounding down defenders because the fans are urging them on. It it comes more like a pure football. And then I think that's also a West Ham might struggle because of that, because Wolves are an outstanding side, as we've seen this season. You've gone and done it in so many different environments, home and away in Europe and, and home and away London, in the- by the way. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's enough stats, thanks, that tell us that we're definitely going to lose. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think um, that that's what I'm sort of hoping for West Ham generally. But I, I am a little bit concerned on, on Saturday. I certainly would be, be quite pleased with a draw just based on where you are in the league table. Tom, just throw to you quickly. I know you just dipped out then. We were just talking to Sam about the effect of, of no fans. 
what's your you know what what are you thinking ahead of the game on on Saturday? Do you think no fans will play into our our favour as West Ham? I mean, I think it will actually relieve a bit of the pressure. I feel like the players feel it at home a lot more this season. I think it's been quite evident at times that some of our players who who were who were top players on their day have felt a little bit under pressure. Anderson, what is it? One goal this season, a couple of assists. He's not really impacted the team the way he did last year and the way your player caliber should do. Um, and I think I think maybe a few of our mentally weaker players, shall we say, or players who have struggled to really make their mark on our team this season, maybe they will step up. So I think, I don't think it's going to hinder us, to be honest. It's not like we ever have Olympic Stadium truly bouncing and truly, truly pushing the team on as that 12th man. Away from home, when it's going our favour, we are. But Olympic Stadium, more often than not, the overriding atmosphere is a sense of negativity or apprehension. So I'm, I'm quietly happy in a way that I, I don't think it affects us. I don't think it's going to affect us more than it is. For instance, Molyneux, I, I was there when we played you and it was bouncing, absolutely bouncing. And I don't think we have that. Um, we, we don't have that Olympic Stadium unless it's a Tottenham and we're, we're ending uh, title hopes or whatever. We really, really have that. Sam, uh, before we before we wrap up, mate, um, just interested to to hear where you think Wolves are going to finish this season. I know you, you mentioned earlier that you felt like top four was a real possibility, but um, you know, where, where do you think you're going to finish? Well, my heart says top four, obviously, and <laughs> my head says top. I, I think fifth. I I think that would be. I put that down as a success. I think we have to qualify for Europe, um, depending on what happens with Manchester City and um, their European exploits, whether they'll be playing, obviously it opens up an extra place. Um, but I think, yeah, we've had the taste of European football. Um, we want it again. And I think you, you have to keep building on these things. It's, it's, it's one thing getting there, but it, it's the next level to stay there. And I think it's on everybody's agenda uh, right through the hierarchy of the club to to play in the Champions League. It's all part of that 10-year plan. At the moment, we're two years ahead of, of where we uh, should be. So we, we've, we've done it quicker. I think they gave uh, two years to get promoted from the Championship and then uh, I think it was two or three seasons to get in the Europa League. So the fact they've done it so quickly is, um, is great. Uh, the investment is there um, when the transfer window opens. And I don't think they'll sell any players. I think that will help us if we do qualify for the Champions League, um, pulling in the talent. Um, you need to be playing in the top competitions and, and all of a sudden it sort of opens a door to all these other places. So um, Hart is definitely saying fourth, um, but I would rip your hand off at fifth all day. Excellent. Sam, I, th- I think that's enough from you. We're getting a little bit envious listening to you how a club has got a 10-year plan when ours has barely got a 10-week plan. Like the fact that it's been... <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, 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 the fact that it's yeah. been executed quicker and you're on, on course for European football, which is what we promised. And, I thought you'd be really for us, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and, and another thing you did... In fact, it's really actually winding me up having you on, Sam, because another thing you did is rather than uproot from Molyneux and move everywhere you just extended the smallest stand and made it an even more impressive stadium than it already was so I don't think we'll be having you on again Sam but as it's uh, <laughs> just to say goodbye for the for the very last time just give us a quick score prediction before you let us go uh, I, I'm going to say that you, you are going to score a goal I think we will concede first but I'm going to go 3-1 Wolves 
Excellent stuff. Well, I don't think there'll be too many people arguing with you at this end when we do our own predictions later on. But Sam from the Wall 77 podcast, thanks for coming on again. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you next time, at this time next season, probably. Thank you, guys. I feel better already. So uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So that was uh, Sam there from the Wolves 77 podcast with um, not exactly looking good for West Ham if, if Sam is anything to go by. But stick with us because we have the score predictions from Tom and James and another Rogue Mystery Players quiz next. <laughs> You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And as we approach our last segment, we've had a busy show today. Sam from the Wolves 77 podcast then just telling us how certain he is that his team are going to keep Nuno Espirito Santo's excellent record in London going and thrash the Hammers 3-1 at London Stadium despite there being no fans. The boys, I think, unfortunately probably share that view and we'll touch on that in a minute we've also had Russ Budden London Stadium DJ and the face of my Hammers 11 on YouTube it's been a packed show so far but the bit that everyone likes to wait for right at the end is the rogue mystery players quiz we of course had the league table end with James's victory over me a couple of weeks ago we've kept it on in this friendly format as we've still got a load of random players left that haven't been answered so far this season so Tom on your debut last week you actually got the victory yeah pretty pleased with that I oh, mate, delighted. I, like I said, it was a lot. It's a lot harder in this seat than it is uh, laughing at you two when I was in the radio station. But um, no, no, I was happy to get off the mark. But he did the Rufus Brevet. Like I said, it equally embarrassed me. Said he was from uh, Dublin. <laughs> the Irish centre back Rufus Brevet. Yeah, yeah that'll James. be it. So it wasn't a good day in the end. <laughs> James, you were you you were quick to tell everyone that you know it doesn't matter anymore. It's very pre-season. You weren't bothered. Your face told a different story. Are you uh, you feeling? going to take it a bit more seriously this week yeah I mean I always take it seriously but um, at the same time just like pre-season in, in actual football the results don't really matter it's all about the um, you know the fitness um, and you know get, getting back up to speed with things and um, I think you know after a couple of weeks break I was a little bit rusty last week but um, you know these friendlies are only they're only going to serve me well as we sort of push on into whatever the next task is going to be against you Will so um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just using it as very very productive pre-season training. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, same format as ever. Three players, five clues. The clues get gradually easier in the hope that one of the boys can guess before the end of the five. It's best of three. The person whoever gets two players or even the three takes the win for the week. So, without further ado, let's have player number one, clue number one. This player scored the only goal of his career on his very last game before retirement for AGOVV Appledorn in 2007. Give over. You get antibiotics for that, can't you? <laughs> and I, was, <laughs> I started with a bit of an easy clue there. I'm surprised you haven't got it. But clue number two. This six foot three inch star spent eight years at Old Trafford before moving to West Ham in 2002. Still nothing from the lads. Clue number three. The Dutchman never made an appearance for West Ham and left for RKC Walwick after just one season. Six foot three star. Dutchman. Six foot three star Dutchman. Spent eight years at Old Trafford before moving to West Ham in 2002. But no recaps just yet. Clue number four. 
Having retired aged 44, he almost immediately became goalkeeper coach at Sunderland, where he stayed for two years. Is it Van der Hal? It is Raymond Van der Hal. Jones well in one well in. The goal clue <laughs> threw us off there, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I thought, yeah. Clue. I am surprised you didn't know that he scored for AG, OVV, Apple Dawn in 2007, though. I thought you were quite all over there, two games. Do you remember the other scorers in the match, just not him, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, understudy to clue number five was he was understudy to David James at West Ham and fulfilled the same role behind Peter Schmeichel, Fabian Barthez and Roy Carroll at United. I seem to remember him playing for West Ham, but it must have just been him watching him warm up from my old seat at the East End. But James Jones... 1-0, 1-0, clue number one, player number one, 1-0 to James. So, player number two. This player's middle name is Gerald. <laughs> no. <laughs> no guesses. <laughs> clue number two. This player was nicknamed Rhino at Everton, where he won the FA Cup before leaving to join West Ham in 1997. Clue number three. This player, this player scored a famous goal on the last day of the season in the Great Escape campaign. David Unsworth. It is David Unsworth. Tom Edwards makes great it shout. one all. It's a great <laughs> shot. His penalty against Sheffield United. Yeah, absolutely. I it. it was on TV for some reason about a few weeks ago. That's it, nice. yeah, yeah. Same day where Tevez was ripping Man yeah. United to bits at Old Trafford. And uh, yeah, he just left... Uh, Sheffield United the season before and he playing for Wigan and then sent them down excellent yeah he had the one England cap and the powerful centre half went on to play for Villa another spell at Everton uh, Sheffield United and Wigan with the final clues so it's one all all comes down to this very last player so without any further delay let's get straight into it this is player number three Tom Edwards one James Jones one clue number one this left footed 40 year old has two middle names Richard and Luke. (laughs) I am disappointed that none of you are getting them on these middle name clues. Clue number two. The six foot one inch Irishman is now a football agent. What did you say? Centre? Did you say his position then? Sorry. Nope. I haven't said anything about that yet. Clue number three. This two cap Irish international played just three times in all competitions for West Ham after his £475,000 transfer from Stoke in 2005. Clue number four. Predominantly a left-back or a centre-back, West Ham made £100,000 profit on him when we sold him to Sunderland just a year later. Is it Abdullah Faye? It's not Abdullah Faye, no. Clue number five. It's not Irish, is he? No. I think he's about as Irish as Rufus Brevet, I think. (laughs) What am I doing? Goodness me. Clue number five. While playing for Leicester in 2007, this player had a cardiac arrest in the changing rooms at Nottingham Forest during a League Cup tie. Clive Clark. It is Clive Clark, Tom Edwards. Two wins from two makes it 2-1 after going 1-0 behind. Needed it. James Jones still wondering why he never saw Abdullah Fire play for Ireland alongside Rufus <laughs> Brevet. It's my You're turn quite... to get me, me Irish mixed up. Yeah, exactly. It's easily done, yeah. I'll tell you that, much. What's going on? 
at least last week, Tom claimed the win. But yeah, Tom Edwards, two wins from two. One nil down, it looked like Jones had finally come back into the form that saw him win during the main run of the season against me. What are your thoughts? Throw it, I, honestly, I, I totally understand. Brevet threw me off last week. And if you Faye's got him there, it sent him down a river of lies and then I've just pounced, mate. <laughs> Jonesy, I mean, now, now it's all settled down a bit. Obviously, the defeat probably is a hard one to take, but I imagine you'll get a little bit more flack for the Abdullahi Fire being Irish guest. You want to talk us through the thought process there a little bit? <laughs> so the thought process was, was more along the Stoke route than the Irish route. Um, I completely forgot for a split second that, that the player was Irish. And um, yeah, I've, I've, I've pretty much followed in Tom's footsteps there. I'm uh, now yeah. two, two friendlies in pre-season deep, no wins. This is the moment where the fans start panicking on Twitter. Um, going, uh, this, is, this is getting ridiculous. You need to get some new signings in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit worrying now for me. I, I didn't think we'd start pre-season off with two defeats. Absolutely not. I've just checked my phone and I've had someone from the Senegalese FA on uh, suggesting why they handed Abdullahi Fai 36 international caps when in fact he was Irish. So I think there's an investigation going on over in Africa at the moment based on that one, Jonesy. But Tom, two from two, you must be very pleased. We'll keep on with the Rogue Mystery Players quiz until at least the end of the proper Premier League season if we've got it now. But let's move on back to football. We've had Sam on from the Wolves podcast earlier and not filling us with hope. Tom, what do you, what do you think about, about the more so the rest of the season? We've, we've discussed uh, mm. the, the game on Saturday. The rest of the season for the Hammers, it, it is serious still. We are in relegation yeah. trouble. We're six deep, but we're on the same amount of points as the two teams below us. So it really, really could go either way. How are you feeling about it all? I'm... F- I mean, the next few weeks, I don't want to be pessimistic. Next few weeks, I think we, we all can agree that they're pretty tough games and we get anything from these three. Um, we'd be pretty happy, to be honest. So even one win and two losses, we take it. Um, so I think that the next three weeks, so I, I'd be surprised if we pick up too many points. But I'm actually quietly confident for the rest of it, to be honest. I think Moyes has had the chance to do a pre-season. He didn't have the chance to do when he came in in January or whatever it was. Um, so he's had a little bit more time with the players. Uh, we've got talented players in there. We've got goal scorers in there. We've got players who can win games for us. So I'm actually quietly confident. But you're you're so right. Is is anyone's game down there? One or two wins here and there, and it can all look so different. So um, we've just got to pick up the points really, and we've got to do it quickly. So we do have to find a way to to change our fortunes around. And I think winning it will. I'm confident for Wolves. I'm confident we can give them a bit of trouble. To be honest. Jonesy, Wolves, Tottenham, Chelsea, Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, Watford, Man United, Aston Villa. Those are our remaining games. Tom quietly confident after the first three, but do you share his sentiments or are you a little bit more concerned? No, I'm, I'm confident after those first three. I, th- I, think, I think the fixture list uh, looks a lot more difficult than what it actually is. Um, you know, a lot's been made of behind closed doors and I really think that's going to that's gonna play an important role. Um, you know, we've seen it, as I keep saying, we've seen it over in Germany. Um, I know the likes of Bayern uh, have still won football matches, but uh, the likes of Dortmund have struggled at times. Uh, although they started pretty well, they began to struggle a little bit. Um, so I think that, you know, if we can maybe nab one or, you know, a couple of good results in those first three games, that sets us up nicely going into that 
that a lot more attractive looking run of fixtures um, to, uh, to the end of the season. Um, I'm, I've been quite, quite pleased about the way that those two friendlies have gone. As I said earlier at the beginning of the show, the fact that Hallas scored two is, the, is for me is the big story. Um, hopefully, Moyes has got him, got him playing, got the players playing to his strengths. Um, so yeah, if we can get a good result against Wolves on on Saturday, then that that gives us all all that confidence that we need going into Spurs and and Chelsea and then and then moving forward. I think Spurs is not going to be the same derby that we're ever used to. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. But um, I, I think I think a draw against Wolves at the weekend will be a pretty good result. I, I mean, I certainly agree with you on that front, whether or not we'll be able to pick one up or not is, is another story. I do agree. I think the the fact that Moyes has had a little bit of time, rather than just being thrown in the deep end and fighting fire straight away, which he obviously was, everyone's talked quite a lot about how oh, he needs to be given another chance. And if nothing else, it's just enabled him to go and take a big deep breath, hasn't it? And maybe do some thinking about like you say, whether it is or how to work to Haller's strengths or just generally how to get the squad playing. I do. That does give me a little bit of hope. I, I can't see us getting anything against Wolves. I think with Harry Kane back for Tottenham, I think that's the other thing you've got to remember as well with these, you know, when we've got Chelsea after that with the five subs rule and all that sort of thing, that's going to play into the hands of people with bigger squads who've got impact players to come off the bench. I don't particularly think we've got that really. I, obviously, we don't know what what sort of Manuel Lanzini is going to come back from from this. But really, we've got our first 11 and then that's about it. I'm not, I'm not super confident. I think Watford were playing some really good stuff before lockdown. I think it's going to be the same for them. I'm, I think they'll do well. All, all of the teams, really. And you, you could even see Norwich just squeaking out. They only need a couple of wins while we get a couple. If we get a couple of defeats or three defeats, which is genuinely feasible at those first three games, you could, see, you could see Norwich level on points with us. We could be near the bottom. And whilst I don't like to be the merchant of doom before a ball has even been kicked, because there is obviously the, the chance that no one's really talking about that we could rock it up the table. But we are considerably adrift. Newcastle, we've got there in 13th, who are on 35 points. I mean, that's a, that's a fairly big gulf given the games we've got. I think all you've got to hope is that we're still not, we're not doomed. If we go right down the table, we're 19th or 18th after these games. If, if we're still out of the relegation zone after these first three that we've got, I think we might be safe. But Spurs the weekend after, we'll, we'll do that in more detail next week. Are you, uh, you reckon any chance there? So there's always a chance when we go to Tottenham these days, isn't it? Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's, um, I think we'll be out. We'll know a little bit more after, after this weekend. After this week, absolutely huge, absolutely huge. Well, next week we'll bring you some actual reaction to some actual football again, which we're obviously all looking forward to. If the result is, as Sam from the Wolf 77 podcast said to us earlier on, then perhaps we won't be looking forward to it quite as much after all. We'll have the Spurs opposition view, hopefully another esteemed guest, and obviously another quiz. One thing we want to remind everyone to do before we leave today is to vote for us in the final of the Football Content Awards. We're, we've managed to get there. Thanks to all you lot for voting in the first round in the category of best podcast. So, Jonesy, uh, fans can go to our Twitter and I believe Instagram to vote for us. Yeah, you can go to our Twitter. We've, we've got a link there. We might tweet it again, actually. I think the cutoff's Thursday at five o'clock. 
Um, so we'll tweet that, the link to, you can vote for us uh, on, on Football Content Awards website. And you can also vote for us on Twitter just by saying I'm voting for. Um, we are West Ham at Football Content Awards as best podcast. Again, we'll tweet that so you can just copy and paste it. Um, and then you can go on Instagram, find the, the picture of best podcast and then just comment and tag us, tag our Instagram at we are underscore or is it at West Ham? At we, are, we West are West Ham underscore, underscore pod. Yeah. Um, gosh, I should know that. Shouldn't I? It's terrible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, just tag us underneath there as well. And you can do all three. Um, once you vote on one, doesn't mean to say you can't vote on the other. So if you can do all three, that's three votes for us. Um, so we really appreciate um, everyone's help in that. And um, hopefully we can go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and, and, and bring a trophy home. Bring another West Ham win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's been a great week this week. We've had Sam from the Wolves 77 podcast on. We've had London Stadium, DJ Russ Budden. We've had Tom Edwards making it two wins from two on the Rogue Mystery Players Quiz. And we've got some actual football to look forward to. Join us again next week where we'll give you some look back on the Wolves game, whatever that might look like. Uh, hopefully I'll have some bit more exciting news for you rather than the stadium requisition. And we'll see if Sebastian Haller can carry on his form through these pre-season friendlies into the real life Premier League and West Ham can stay up. Thanks again for joining us up the hammers and we'll see you next week. Hello there. I'm Tony Gow and you are listening to We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.